Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's November 25th, 1999, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. When fisherman Sam Chancho and his cousin Donato Dalrymple set off from the Florida coast today in history in 1999, the last thing they're expecting to find was a five-year-old boy floating alone in the ocean in an inner tube. That boy, Elian Gonzalez, would become a political football in the decades-long Cold War between the United States and communist Cuba. Yeah, and Chancho and Dali Rimple weren't actually even meant to be out fishing that day because there was an advisory for small boats like theirs. But they thought that they'd seen a pod of dolphins and they went over to have a closer look at it because it was exciting. And that was when they spotted this raft. And on closer inspection, what they thought they were looking inside was they thought it was a cruel joke that someone had attached a doll to a raft, but actually he was very much a real boy. That was Elian, and they pulled him in and then they had to decide what to do with him. And he was only five years old when his mother and several others had set off across the water to try to get to the United States from Cuba in a small motorboat. There was his stepfather on board and ten other Cuban refugees when the boat capsized. They were all lost at sea. He was the only one left. It's a political situation almost immediately because Cubans arriving via boat had been happening for decades, but it had declined during the 1990s. So we're in 1999 now. Fidel Castro is still the leader of Cuba, but Bill Clinton's the president of the USA. This hasn't been a big problem under his presidency. It hasn't been part of the public debate, but just at this point, it's on the rise again. 2,254 migrants from Cuba had arrived in boats in this year. Yeah, so in the 1960s and 70s, hundreds of thousands of Cubans fled to the Florida coast in boats. And it's this is important backstory because it had created these large communities of vehemently anti-Castro Cuban immigrants in Florida. But then in the 1990s, you had the wet feet, dry feet policy under which Cuban refugees who made it to US soil could apply to remain and those intercepted at sea would be returned to Cuba. And I think on first, when you first hear about it, it sounds like an example of, you know, a, a nationalistic right wing US policy, but actually it was instigated at the insistence of Cuba. I mean, it obviously wasn't good optics to have so many people fleeing the country for one thing. And under the terms, the US would grant 20,000 Cubans a year a US visa as well. So that's all of this massively slowed the flow of Cubans who were risking this really dangerous journey. So it had slowed from 30,000 people in 1994 to just a few hundred in 1999. And there had actually been an incident just a few months before um, Elian Gonzalez was discovered in the boat when the Coast Guard used a water cannon to sink a small wooden rowboat that was carrying six Cubans at Surfside Beach in Florida. They were just a few dozen feet from the shore mm. and they were blasting them with water cannon. They pepper sprayed one of them as he climbed out and a few of them actually managed to dodge the Coast Guard boats and just run onto the shore. And this had caused a bit of an outcry. It was seen as being a really cruel way of enforcing the policy and it was for this reason that Chancho and Dalrymple hesitated over what they were going to do with Elian because they were worried that because he had been discovered at sea he would be sent straight back to Cuba well luckily the Coast Guard decided that he obviously needed medical attention so they brought him to shore to a hospital 
Yes, and the official statement from the US Border Patrol uh, Deputy Chief Mike Sheehy said that Eliane and the two other survivors who they'd pulled out of the water would be offered the opportunity to reside here in the United States. And it was at this point that things started to move quite quickly. So Ollie mentioned that Eliane's stepfather died on the raft, but his actual father, Juan Miguel Gonzalez, who was divorced from Eliane's mother, was still living back in Cuba and he began to demand that his son be sent back to the island and Fidel Castro soon got involved and he made it clear that he expected the same. And even within the US you had two different views on this. So as Rebecca was saying US immigration policy dictated that Elian should be returned to Cuba but the Immigration and Naturalisation Service granted him parole to stay in the country and pursue permanent residency. So you had a split there in the US. You had the boys' relatives in Miami who were part of that community of ex-Cubans who hated Castro. And then you had his biological father and the Cuban government saying, we want him back. Mm. And all of this is happening in the age of 24-hour news. It became this kind of post-OJ, post-Princess Diana like wall-to-wall coverage about what's going to happen, who's going to make the first move here. Yeah, there was a kind of complicated family dynamic at play because Jose Miguel didn't know that Eliane's mother was planning on trying to take him to the US. He found out when they'd already left. And when he found out, he contacted his uncle, who's called Lazaro Gonzalez, and was living in Miami with extended family. And he basically said, you know, can you keep an eye out for them? So what happened was is that Eliam was discharged into his father's uncle's custody and went to their home in Miami. And for them, they saw this as a miracle, you know, that this relative of theirs had been granted an opportunity to avoid life in what they saw as a horrible, repressive communist regime and that now he would get to enjoy the freedoms that they, this earlier generation of refugees, really treasured. And they were sure that returning him would be a massive PR coup for Castro. I mean, they weren't wrong about that, it turns out. So they petitioned for Eliane to receive political asylum. And at the same time, his dad back in Cuba is saying, well, wait, I mean, this is my son. He has to come back here. And I think that's the thing that caused the great schism within the US on what should be done with him because obviously most average Americans weren't necessarily fans of uh, Cuba and particularly its regime but at the same time this looked to a lot of people like a relatively straightforward um, custody battle and who trumps whom in the competition between uncle and father well most people would naturally sort of tend to side with the father and the geopolitics just accelerated really quickly so throughout that spring it's being presented in Cuba on state radio and TV as effectively the Americans have kidnapped one of our children. And meanwhile, in the States, you've got almost all of the Cuban-Americans of one view that he should remain in the States, Mm. including Gloria Estefan, uh, who was probably the biggest Cuban-American celebrity of the decade, joining the protests in Little Havana. You know, there were billboards up, signs saying things like, Clinton is Castro's Monica Lewinsky. Uh, Another one said, would you send your child to Hitler? So then later in April, on the 22nd, the whole drama came to a head at 5.15 in the morning when, on the orders of the Attorney General, Janet Reno, federal agents then burst into the house where Eliane was living. The raid was codenamed Operation Reunion. Operation Propaganda Disaster. It really should have been. (laughs) Yeah, because there was a a, a picture that was taken, and it's you've probably seen it. There's a federal agent who's pointing his MP5 submachine gun at Eliane, whose face is just frozen in this 
sort of expression of total terror. And the fisherman who had rescued him is also there and they're cowering in this closet. So just this image then went all around the world. And if there was any uncertainty in many people's minds, I think the whole business of, you know, whether he was living in a regime that was fair and democratic and, you know, Mm. the kind of thing that you would want to escape to suddenly looked incredibly brutal. I mean, Alan Diaz, the photographer, had been waiting in this family home for a few days to be able to take this photo, suspecting that at some point the FBI were going to barge in. And it just went perfectly from his point of view to get the image across so starkly. Because as I say, this was being broadcast on 24-hour news. It's not like there weren't enough moving images of this happening, but this one still image, Mm. as sometimes happens with a photo, I mean, he won the Pulitzer Prize for this photo, was taken because... The boy wasn't scared of him. The boy knew him. He was in the room when the FBI barged in. It was five in the morning. As you say, you've got this weapon in this screaming six-year-old's face. And it just seemed to perfectly encapsulate what was going on outside and what was then being broadcast on the news channels, which was there were 130 immigration agents in a convoy of vans outside the house. There was pepper spray being used on the demonstrators. That's got to be overkill. Yeah, but I think the Miami family had made it really clear that they weren't going to hand Eliane over. And apparently there were concerns that there were weapons in the house. I don't know exactly what happened there because, you know, some of the relatives have denied that. They said there were never weapons there. But Janet Reno had You're tried to play this... You're such an apologist, Rebecca. It wasn't <laughs> a closet. He wasn't in it. He was just standing next to it. it they was were just water pistols. Really... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I just think it's worth bearing in mind. I mean, the way this went down did not come out looking great, mm. But the house, it certainly wasn't that they were going up to this innocuous family home and conducting this pre-dawn raid. You know, the house itself had become the centre of the media circus around the whole affair. Yeah, well, government psychologists had written some words for the FBI to say to Eliane if they hadn't ended up bursting in in the way that they did. Hands up, mother... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They were, you may feel very scared right now. Don't be scared. We're here to bring you to your papa. You can trust us. People love you. So, I mean, they really undermined their own operation in the way that this was conducted. Well, so he was eventually taken to Andrews Air Force Base in Maryland. There he was reunited with his father uh, and then taken back home where he was honestly treated like a rock star. The Washington Post columnist (laughs) Eugene uh, Robinson said that Fidel so doted on Eliane when he first was returned to Cuba, he joked that he had finally found his successor, which made me think of poor Raul Castro, who waiting in the wings <laughs> going, like, come on man what have we been talking about all this time <laughs> and so another week of retrospecting ends but next week begins a day early at club retrospectors join us now to get an exclusive episode every sunday patreon.com slash retrospectors part of the acast creator network This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.